Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to the Q's Militia Podcast with those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. What's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Q's Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. If you like it, please share it. The universal handle for the socials is at Q's Militia. Go there, join the militia. We are the only Syracuse sports podcast centered around giving you, the fans, a voice. Welcome. Happy Saturday. Yay. Yay, it's Saturday. Saturday's arguably the best day of the week, right? I mean, for me it is, anyway. No. Yeah. I mean, it's maybe only, not during these quarantine times. It might be all the same it's for the a lot only, of people, but... It's the only day you don't work and you don't have to work the next day. For me. Uh, okay, true, true, true. Get what I'm okay. saying? So, we did an episode of Orange Heat last night with Giovanni and Q's Waterboy. Yes, we did. And um, that's not going to be out right now, but that's going to be on Gio's YouTube channel, and we'll share that. We did about three extra hours, but we only recorded for one. Should have just recorded the whole thing and made it a mini series. Now that I think about that's it, that's what I thought we were doing. <laughs> so, um, so today we've got um, I've got Tyler coming on. We are going to with Tyler and Joe. We're going to go over some of the Syracuse football seniors who may or may not have success in the draft. We'll let those guys talk about that. Also, be on the lookout for an interview Tyler and I will be doing with Malcolm Folk. He is the second verbal commit of the 2021 Syracuse football recruiting class. And he is raising a lot of eyebrows. And also, uh, fans are getting pretty excited for him. So I'm really excited for that interview. So stay tuned. That should drop shortly. And I guess, I guess, is that it? Is that it for the announcements? Yeah. All right. You know what that means. There's just one thing left to do, and that is to hear from the folks over at LinkedIn. Now, look, the talent pool has grown exponentially. And if you are a business owner and you want to have an impact on your business for years to come, well, go to LinkedIn Jobs. If you need to find the next person to help grow your business, LinkedIn Jobs will match the right talent with the open role fast, LinkedIn has over 675 million members worldwide. LinkedIn Jobs screens candidates with the hard and soft skills you're looking for so you can hire the right person fast. Things like collaboration, creativity, adaptability. LinkedIn looks beyond the work skills and puts your job post in front of qualified candidates who match your business requirements perfectly. That's how LinkedIn makes sure your job post is seen by the people you want to hire. People with skills, qualifications, and other interests that will help your business grow. It's no wonder a person is hired every eight seconds with LinkedIn and why companies rated LinkedIn Jobs the number one hiring platform delivering quality hires. Find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay whatever you want. Get the first $50 off. Uh, just visit linkedin.com slash team. Again, that's linkedin.com slash team to get that $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks, LinkedIn. All right. Well, let's bring on Tyler. 
All right, joining us now is the one, the only, Tyler Morona, at Tyler Morona on Twitter. If you're not there, get there. Give old Tyler a follow. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you? We're great, What's man. Up, buddy? We're great. It's Saturday. I was I'm just... just like weaving the music in and out. Like, what's going on? Is it coming in and out on you? It's not on me. Kind of goes down a little it, bit it, when we it, start. It talking. sounds like you're like adjusting the volume. Like you're just like playing with it. No, like I you're just trying to be cool. I just faded out. When I talk, you can't hear <laughs> the music sometimes. Why that is, I don't know. I think it's because when you guys plug headphones in, that that happens. Mm. So welcome. We, you know what we're going to talk about today, Tyler? We're going to talk football today. So you should be happy. Okay. I am. Okay, we're not going to talk music. We're not seeding bands in a silly tournament that was all for naught. God. Um, <laughs> we're not playing any more of those games. It is all Q's from here on out. No more Q's militia filler. We're done with it. So, we are here to talk about this year, this past year's seniors, where you guys think they um, may or may not land in the draft. I've kind of narrowed it down. If you've got someone to add, now I've narrowed it down to to the probable or to the possible. Okay. So I don't think all of these, I think probably maybe between one and three, maybe get a shot. Maybe, you know, maybe around two even. So, but I want to hear what you guys think. So I got Tristan Jackson, Mo Neal, Lakeem Williams, Alton Robinson, and Kendall Coleman is my list I've narrowed it down to. Okay. So. Do you think, or, or in Sterling Hoffrichter, that's a possibility too. So let's start yeah, there. We're special let's, teams you, man. Yeah, let's start with Sterling because he was marvelous. He's been marvelous. He did make a 52-yard field goal too last year, didn't he? He's that one, was, he was like, yeah. One for one. The clear blue sky. Yeah. I remember yeah. seeing that. Just yeah. being like, my brain like exploded. I was like, dude, this guy is like <laughs> unreal. Right. Yeah, when he, he was coming a, out of high school, leg. I think he was a top 10 punter and kicker. Wow. So he could have we went both him? ways. That's crazy. <laughs> 52 yeah. yards. You know how it yeah. goes every once in a while. Yeah. You get those big colleges that a lot of times they don't, they don't waste the scholarships there, right? Because they know that they can get guys really. to come there, right? Yeah. They'll never, like, a lot of schools won't, like, give a, an incoming freshman um, a scholarship, like, no matter what. So, which, I don't know. I don't really believe in that. I think I should scholarship your top five specialists i don't really think that's it like if you're you know if you're doing it right where you get into trouble is like you do have to have one backup somewhere on scholar on a walk-on not on scholarship that's like where the real to me like like same thing the way the nfl make their teams like you know you gotta be kind of strategic on how you place it all together that's the one thing in college where i feel like you kind of got to be more of like a gm type of deal because you can have like there's like 20 D linemen on scholarship. So like, you know, you, you should yeah. be fine there, you know, Vert, but you yeah. get what I'm saying. I think that's where it helps Syracuse getting the punters in the history that we have because right. they're willing to come out and actually offer that scholarship. Right. I think that goes for probably the, the guy that's coming in too, James Williams from, uh, from Georgia. When you look at him, he's one of the better kickers out there and you wonder, you know, if Georgia, his hometown, he's from Athens, right? So it's like, wow, okay, you, cool. you really, if Georgia gave away those scholarships and was like, hey, you know, <laughs> for sure. Uh, yeah, there's no way. You think at least out of high school, but yeah. I think Syracuse is also kind of in a weird situation where, like, so I'm not sure. Like, I know most of people that probably like remember who Riley Dixon is also remember that he's from the area. So, like, yeah. that 
went a long way, obviously, in that he was able to walk on and that he ended up being, you know, a selection in um, the NFL draft in the seventh round. Um, That may help the recruitment. I don't really know how punters even think, man. Like, I don't know if all punters want to play in the NFL. Like, I know a lot of them are just there to, you know, collect their, you know, scholarship money and get a free education. But I don't know. Like, Riley's a guy that, like, wanted to play in the NFL. And like he made it. So I don't know. But VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. He also, like I said, it helped to get him on campus because he lived in the area. And then when he did walk on, I don't think it was like that crazy for him. So like, oh, yeah. well, I'm going to go take a chance. You know, it came from the area. Crazy to think about. But yeah. at the same time, like, that's the reason why it probably happened in the first place. See, when I look at Sterling, I look at a little bit of his size. I don't want to take away from his leg and everything like that. But, you know, at the end of the day... You're the last line of defense when you talk about punt returns, kick returns. And uh, even though he did make some spectacular plays, caused a fumble one time, stuff like that. Uh, I think he had, a different, he had one a different tackle ball against game, Duke. Different ball game in the NFL, right? So I wonder if his size comes comes into play. Um, but if it's, if they're just dealing, you know, lagging like what Sean said, the fact that he can kick field goals and punt at the same time. Uh, maybe that that helps his chances. But again, like you said, even about Riley Dixon and how good he was, I mean, they were writing up what and he was throwing passes and he had all these little yeah, he was fast and he played quarterback in high school. Right. So he had some skills to to be able to to have some trick plays out of that. Um, and he's he's a, a fast athlete and bigger than than a Hoff Richter. So uh, if he does go, I don't see maybe, you know, late seventh, just like Riley Dixon. But to me personally, I don't I don't think he gets drafted. Tyler, what do you think? Neither. Um, by the way, Riley, I knew Riley. We shared the same number in college, and he did something. He worked out every day. Like, it was a fact. Like, at this time, at this place, like, Riley will be there, and he is like, and he was a legitimate athlete. Like, yeah. six five over 200 pounds could really run like competed in the weight room. Like when it was our combine day, like he was out there like trying to prove a point. So yeah, like Riley probably could have been like, I don't know, like a minor league baseball player. If he really wanted to play like center field or something like that, like maybe like that type of athlete, you know, versus you're right. You know, I kind of forgot about his size because of how large his leg played, but um, kind of a, a small guy, you know, listed 5'9", 199. Like, that's not yeah. a big dude. So I listen to a lot of uh, NFL draft radio, and they have the 
uh, Texas A&M punter getting drafted. And I think that's the only punter that they had getting drafted. So um, I don't foresee it happening. But I do think that a team like Dallas, who really needs to nail all their picks and um, you know even needs to make their seventh round pick count this year, could definitely see Sterling getting a preferred, you know, a priority undrafted free agent like yeah. swooped up right away to kind of like oh, make up yeah. for the fact that they don't draft him. And that's the thing too, right? There's only 32 teams, 32 punters. If you're happy with your punter and they're on contract, why are you going to waste a draft pick on a punter? You're not, right? If it's exactly. anybody that, okay, maybe we need to bring a guy in here undrafted to maybe light a fire under his butt so that, you know, motivate him to, to maybe get back to where the guy was before he got his contract, whatever. But uh, you really got to be in dire straits and really, really like a kicker if you're going to go and grab one in the draft, I think. Um, For sure. And I just think drafting specialists in general is like ludicrous because like you can even like the uh, Ravens had two NFL kickers, like our starting kickers on their team last year. So some team just traded their sixth round pick for him. Like you can just, you know, if you're really in that big of a need, there's, you know, available guys like, um, you know, there's plenty from even like last year's draft that like are probably, you know, going to compete. So it's just like that are free agents right now. So it's like, you know, it's such a reach, I think, to yeah. go grab one. Unless that guy is like, unless you believe he's like special, you know. But then again, punters are also different than kickers. You know, kickers put points on the board. Yada, yep. yada. All right. Next, the, the, the one we got declaring a year early, Richard Jr., Tristan uh, Jackson. Uh, would have been a senior coming in this year. He's gonna he's gonna dip his toes in the water and see what happens. So this one here, I mean, he's Tristan's talented kid, but I mean, I don't know. I'm skeptical of this one. Unfortunately, I hate to be like that, but yeah. Well, as as I mean, when it comes to like a lot of the players for Syracuse, again, you can look at the season, the season, and everything like that. But the pro days and and some of the things that got canceled because of this this unfortunate situation that we're dealing with, I think would have helped a lot of the guys um, on our on our team that left. That could have, if if there was a way to, you know, maybe whether it's your your personality and you're interviewing or you get the pro days and you can show them some things that maybe they didn't see on tape or maybe they didn't see at the combine, then, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I looked at Tristan and what he did at the combine and it looked like he was, he was right. I mean, he was right there in the middle with everyone, you know, I mean, he, he put up some good numbers and some certain things, but just such a strong receiving class this year. If they came out, they come down, I mean, you got guys, they're talking about the analysts and stuff talking about you'd be able to possibly get a starting receiver, maybe the third or fourth round because it's just so deep. So I just don't know if it was the smartest move for him coming out with this deep a pool. But uh, again, uh, it it all comes down to just getting one team to like you. Right. What do you think, Tyler? What what do you think, Joe? So what do you say? What are you saying? Practice squad. I think if he gets drafted, you're talking last two rounds, six, seventh. Okay. Um, Has to be. 1,050 yeah. yards receiving, 12 touchdowns. Um, he had a, what, what, one, two, three, four, five hundred-yard games. So, Oh, yeah, he definitely had some. He was big got, play, big playmaker yeah, stuff, big right? Time. But there were yeah. some that he dropped, some easy passes he dropped. Yep. And, you know, we, we saw him in the Camp and World Bowl for that one game, and we're like, oh, okay, can't wait till next year, fireworks, right? And there was – he was kind of – he kind of – got lost in some games, right? So I think he could have came out uh, or could have stayed one more year, and I think he really probably could have dominated and probably put up close to at a towel numbers. Um, and, again, it's an unfortunate situation, but nothing we can do about it now. 
Tyler, what do you think? Yeah, I'm no, I'm right there with you. I just think that um, the toughest part for me about trying to get a hold of like who he actually is and like in projecting him to that next level is just trying to think about the fact that like I'm trying to think of all the things that are the pluses in his respect that like because apparently the draft is going to be like insane this year like people like don't know where anybody's going to go as far as like <laughs> you know, who's getting you know picked where and the no pro days the no interviews the no you know mini camps or you know the teams put on their facility that apparently like affected everything like to the yeah. point where a lot of NFL teams are going to board from the middle of like the college season so like not even factoring in you know, measurables at all. Um, and then, you know, wh- whoever went to the combine, you can use those. But I, I, so I try to think about it and I think, you know, Babers develops really good receivers and has been doing that in his programs for a long time. But then you think about, okay, well, you know, like a guy like Terrence Williams was the guy that played in the NFL for a long time. Yeah. Yes. He was on my Cowboys. That's why I know him, but he was also, you know, coach Babers developed guy and he lasted, you know, a couple contracts in the NFL. And then you get the guys like the Ambas, the Steve Ishmael's, the, you know, Jamal Custis. And you think, well, Tristan wasn't, he didn't play as good as those guys played in their respective roles on our team. So I don't think that Tristan was ever really like a number one style receiver that you give the ball to and then you expect things. The way Tristan would play into the NFL as a wide receiver, number three, given how he would line up potentially in the slot, go inside, outside versatility with the speed and a little bit of size. But the problem with that is like, I don't think that Tristan showed enough stuff in college to let teams believe that he could be that surefire number three receiver on an NFL team. Because I think that he played like a wide receiver number two at Syracuse. So it's hard to project that he would do anything more at the next level. That's kind of all I saw on tape. So I tend to agree. I think that he could have been the beneficiary of staying another year, learning with Tommy, all that stuff, and just put more on tape. Because I think that yeah. um, you know, not having a Custis on the field, or just that other wide receiver A that we usually have on the Syracuse team and that we've seen with Coach, um, it didn't really help Tristan to go get like those other routes than you know just a, a fly route or a post. Because it seems like he only scored on two routes, you know, this yeah. past season. So. Yep, and that's that's like uh, I said. You have Irv Phillips catch the ball, and make things happen. Another guy. Yeah, I great. mean that was another guy, right? Irv Phillips, right. and he's stuck in the NFL for. I mean, he was on the Tampa Bay. He was on a roster. He was playing games. Same thing with Ishmael. Atatau has been in and out, right? And you saw them, and they they showed inconsistency. But what it got to their senior year, where they were in kind of in a groove with the quarterback, showed consistency, put up great numbers. I don't think Tristan Jackson put up a season comparable to them but when i look at tristan jackson i'm like he's a better receiver than them like That's he's the thing. better like, than him it doesn't make sense like, why he right. didn't make that jump so when you go and you look i mean yes he did go to the combine so that could help him and it helps that there's other players that might not come out from you know hiding that didn't go to the combine that might jump or overpass him because of everything that happened but I mean, you look at his tape at syracuse this year you see good plays but again on a couple routes and then you see inconsistency Right, and I think that one year would have been. I think he probably he he probably could have surpassed Natatawa's numbers. You know, work I, I, on the off season with Tommy all year and go out there like. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like in the the documentary and whatever in the off season, it seemed like they were close. You know, I just man, I know that a lot of scouts or a lot of people that have been around the conference, especially that specialize in the ACC, that just said, like, you can't really 
understand what was even going on with their offense this year. So like they, they like don't even put any like you know credible thought into like how, can we grade they this? They're they like for even, the most part yeah. they're like no, this is like it's just so unrealistic, you know, to how they, the yeah. NFL team would play. They didn't have an identity basically. We, no, no. Man, I think all. based on like, where. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was going to say based upon you know where he was as far as coming up. Uh, getting recruited by Michigan State, uh, the pedigree, the athleticism's there. He went to the combine, put up good numbers. I'm sure Simmons will probably take a late round flyer with him. He'll definitely, if he doesn't, be one of the more prioritized undrafted free agents for sure. But it's basically off of what he could possibly do. It's not going to be off of what he's done. All right. What about one last? This is the last one I think I've got for offense. Yes, it is. Uh, running back Moniel. 846 mm. yards, seven touchdowns this year. I think he's 20, 2,560 yards, 15 touchdowns for his career at SU. So, which, man, I mean, he almost, he basically doubled his touchdown total in the uh, in his in his senior year. So, what do you guys think? Tyler? Do you mind if I take the lead real quick on this one? Yeah. 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 I was just going to say that, uh, did you see the video of that guy that was like, um, was it the red zone guy that like opened up the book and was like, Oh, Hey, like if you want to, like the NFL sends me the player's report and he's like, it's 800 pages and it's like a scouting report on every player. And he opens up the book and he goes like, if you want to learn something about this guy and it's Moniel's like profile. He's like, oh, hey, shout out to Mo Neal. And the guy went to Syracuse, too, so it was pretty funny. Nice. So it got me thinking about, and this I saw this last night, so I was thinking about it. And um, to me, I wonder in comparison, like when I try to sum up Mo Neal's career, and I also think back on how many other running backs have kind of been there in the same amount of time that he was there. And, um, you know, and because Dante Strickland really had a good chance at the NFL last year, and I forget exactly what he ended up winding up being. Did he end up getting released or a practice squad uh, or yeah, what happened? Yeah, he get released. Okay, but he was thought of favorably by the staff and and played yes. real well. And you know, in what my two eyes saw, so I think like, well, again, the the ten and three scenario of Mo Neal, where he was the change up back and he came in and was very explosive, balls out of the back. Dante kind of take the the beating of the first and second down runs and then you put Mo in that position and then try to have Abdul Adams fit into the other role that Mo Neal used to play as you know HB2 and then you think like I don't know if I liked the combo that they used you know again you know kind of I don't think a guy suffered as much as Mo Neal did with this offense to try to project himself to that next level because I think he does have great traits I think he would have been an outstanding XFL player honestly. So I don't think that he personally gets drafted, but I think that we may not hear the last of Mo. I think, again, he might be a great candidate for Canadian football if he wants to try that too. But, you know, it's he just suffered so much this year, was beaten up way too much. I think he was played in the wrong role, you know, looking back on it. So, um, no, I think he, he's kind of the guy that gets the uh, the short end. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think the the pro days and that kind of stuff. This is the type of situation where I talk about where it would have helped somebody like him if there was something. Because again, we do know how horrendous that offensive line was for the first three quarters of the of the season. So I, I challenge any running back to have success with what was going on there. 
But uh, I still I look at size and I look at every he's not going to be an every down back in the NFL. He's probably not going to be able to pass block in the NFL. So, again, unless a team has a specific need and they really like him and they're like, all right, come in for a third down change of pace back, you know, like an Eckler for for the Chargers or something like that. Uh, come out, maybe catch some passes from the backfield um, then possibly. But again, I don't we didn't have that offseason stuff for a team to really fall in love with Mo Neal. Uh, and he's not really the biggest guy either. Right. So. Uh, I think because of that, he suffers. And um, again, he'll definitely be an undrafted free agent for a team that might want him in that role. But I don't think a, a team, I don't see a team taking a risk on drafting, drafting him. All right. So that was it for anybody. I forgot an offense. That's it, I think. No, well, there's Evan Adams, but I haven't really heard too much yeah. talk about him. So no, I know. That's why I was saying. Any, any offensive line play for Syracuse has to be rectified so much before we start talking about them in the NFL. So, oh, yeah, 100%. We'll, just, we'll, we'll yeah, leave it at that. that yeah. um, linebacker Lakeem Williams, he came on late. He did. In fact, he was probably one of my favorite players on defense last year. I thought he was pretty good. Um, he really started to come on. But is he NFL material, you guys? No. Yeah. No chance. <laughs> I don't think there's a relative chance. Like I think the guys like him, they just they're not around in the NFL anymore, unfortunately. It's like, too bad too, because he is um he's one of those guys who's a kind of a he's a he gets after it. He plays hard. Yeah. He plays really hard. And in, in he's fun to watch. Man. He's like yeah. a classic middle linebacker. Yeah. No, hundred percent. It's just he doesn't have the size to play middle linebacker in the NFL. So again, it comes back to the size, right? If he had uh, Andrew Armstrong size, then we might be singing a different tune right now, right? But uh, to me, he looks like someone who is, he's got a better chance if he had the speed to maybe make a transition to like a strong safety or one of those secondary guys that can come in the box, make those tackles and help the run game, but still be able to go back and do pass protection. And I just don't, again, I don't see he, he was he was amazing as far as like the, he started coming on that Duke game he was all over the place he was getting double digit tackles all all the time he's always in the backfield whether he, I mean he right. only had four and a half sacks but right um, but when you talk the NFL is a different animal man yeah you, well, have, obviously. you have a linebacker like that rushing in and all that's all that is one arm from a tackle and that's <laughs> it it's gone he's over and so again this is another situation again it, a lot of it is serious. Syracuse traditionally recently hasn't put in a lot of, of guys in the draft, even if they've had good tapes, put up good stats, right? They always have to go and prove themselves free un, undrafted free agency, that kind of stuff. And um, so just going by just history alone and the fact of who went to the combine, who didn't and what it looks like. I mean, the undersized guys like that, especially not having pro days and stuff. I just don't see it. All right. Well, fair enough. We've got a couple more left. But before we get into those, I want to tell you about the good folks over at Simply Safe. Now, look, with home security, as you well know, there's two ways you can go about this protecting your home, that is. There's the traditional way, where you wait weeks for a technician to do a messy installation that costs you a small fortune. Or there's the other way. That's the Simply Safe way. Simply Safe is everything you need in a home security system. It's award-winning protection, two-time winner of the CNET Editor's Choice Award. Simply Safe blankets your whole home in safety. You get comprehensive protection for your entire home. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home. And entry in motion and glass break sensors guard the inside. Now, the R&D on the glass break sensors and things that guard the inside of the home is second to none. It's absolutely amazing. So, and the best part is you barely notice it's there. But 
something else that's remarkable is that you can set this up probably by yourself. You don't have to have anyone come do it for you. Anyone could do it. It takes about 30 minutes to an hour tops, and there's absolutely no trade-offs for your safety. So you'll have an army of highly trained security experts ready to dispatch police to your home in a moment's notice 24-7, and it's only 50 cents a day. No contracts. This is the best part because you've got all these companies that are charging you $50, $60, $70 a month to... Um, monitor your home. Well, if you're going in vacation in July and you don't really need it any other time or maybe a couple more times throughout the year, you just pay for July as little as $15 a month to protect your home for that month. And then you can cancel the contract when you're done. It's why Verge calls Simply Safe the best home security system. So go to simplysafe.com slash team today and you'll get free shipping in a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go there now, simplysafe.com slash team. That's simplysafe.com slash team. Thank you, Simply Safe. All right, look, the next one on our list here is Kendall Coleman and um, 6'3, 253 pounds. Uh, last year, four sacks, uh, 10 and a half tackles for loss, 48 total, 137 in his career. 26 and a half tackles for loss in his career and 15 and a half sacks total for his career. So this is another one kind of on the fence. I mean, what do you guys think? Um, kind of a low, low pick. Does he get in at all? What's up? I've seen him as highly rated as the like 175th player in the draft and like hmm. 256 selections are made. Um, now, so that's just like, He's the 175th, 175th best player. Okay, so, but quarterback four may come off the board before the first DN does. So, like, it's not always comparable to, like, oh, well, if you're player 175, that means you get picked 175. Not quite that. But I think he's, like, a lock to, to be a New England Patriot at, like, pick 200. I think that, like, makes all the sense in the world. Or, like, a place like Seattle or they're like, hey, look, you know, we know you do this one thing real well, which is running down the line of scrimmage and, you know, setting the edge and playing the run and then potentially getting a stack here or there and then potentially like feasting off of, you know, lower level talent. Okay. So, like, if we know that's exactly what you're going to do, I think, um, again, I think Bill Belichick, you know, sees the value in that, you know, at, a, at pick 200, you know, and, even then, from pick 200 to 250, that's the sixth and seventh round. I think that's very fair for a guy that had 10 sacks in one season. Like, not everybody does that. Granted, again, yeah. lower production <laughs> level last year, but Syracuse produced a lot lower last year in general. So, I mean, there's that. Yeah, I mean, I think he's got a real good chance. You know, when you read uh, his profile, read up on some of the stories, he's been working with Robert Mathis, the uh, ex. Indianapolis cult, right? XFL players. So there's some politics yeah. in place where, you know, that definitely. And also, when you want to talk about character, you know, I mean, he's been a starter since a freshman. He's looked been looked at as a, a, a captain-like teammate since the sophomore year. Granted, he has gone through some injuries, and that's probably why his stats aren't, like, up there. Uh, you know, 6'3", 257, not the biggest defense end, right? But right. he's not coming in to be a starter. And, you know, like you said, it right. helps when you're working with an NFL um, player and, and again I think a lot of it comes down to just his character he's a high character player you know he's a team player uh, he's probably go the in. highest character guy yeah and so he's gonna go in and he's gonna say okay what do you need me to do I'm gonna do it and like right. you said perfect Belichick player if he doesn't get drafted it's I think sheerly gonna be because of his injury past it that's it to me that's personally 
That could happen. I think, though, with it being defensive end in this NFL now, I think it's it just like it's such a high premium on those picks that I don't think that there's any way that a team could realistically go into the draft thinking that, you know, that they feel safe with him being undrafted and that's how that they're going right. to go get him. Yeah. Um, I think that at some point they're going to be like, ah, oh, shoot, like one, uh, two teams might be like looking at him, maybe three or four might be looking at him in, in the sixth. And then one team just goes, shoot, we'll take him with the first pick in the seventh, you know, type of deal. And I, I think that's kind of where I see it going for him. But he also tore up the, you know, all the offseason stuff as well. You know, going to an all-star game, did real well in his bowl game. Uh, yep. Everybody loved him at the practices, um, put out great highlights. You know, all the draft nerds really like his, you know, potential or, you know, whatever they saw at the East-West game. So, I mean, I I think that those type of guys typically get their shot. You know, again, weird size, but hey, that's what he's got. And yeah. I think he'll, you know, he, but I saw him in person and he didn't look that, you know, he doesn't look bad. Right, he right, right. He doesn't look like, uh, you know, he doesn't look like Chandler Jones. He so seems to mad. me, right, right. He seems to me like that guy that, like, no team's going to jump for, but then it's going to get to the seventh round and teams are going to look down and they're going to be like, oh, he's still there. Why isn't he yeah. drafted? Right. So, right. Right. All right. Well, I think I saved the best for last year. Another lineman, uh, Elton Robinson, 6'4", 260. His totals for his time at Syracuse, 115 tackles. 32 and a half for loss, 19 and a half sacks. Which <laughs> 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 two years, a right? A lot of sacks, man. <laughs> yeah. For, for that short amount of time? Yeah. That's insane. It's Those pretty tackles. good. Only four and only oh, four and a half cool. last season, but for obvious reasons, you know. Um, well, I mean, sadly, this is <laughs> well, he's the only guy that's guaranteed to get drafted. Yeah. I know that we're sitting here, we're optimistic on some guys, and I think we could probably have up to four get drafted, but <clears throat> He's really the only guy that's guaranteed, to be perfectly honest, as far as I'm concerned. What do you think, Ty? What's funny, too, is that he probably is, between the guys from last year and this year, he's probably like the best player in the past years, or the most projectable player we've had in the past however many years. And, you know, it's funny because you think about, like, let's say he gets drafted in the third round. Like, that'd be, that'd be awesome for him. And going oh, yeah. to Joe's point, it's like, um, and I don't think it's that far out of the question either. I think a team could really talk themselves into it. This is a very, very, very top heavy with like one real guy that's worth a first round pick at defensive end this year. So, you know, when you put it in that perspective, when most of the guys that are going to be defensive ends that come off the board will be in rounds two and three. So if somebody's like, hey, look, Alton's my guy and I need him to, you know, fill my slot, I could see the third round for him. But, um, you know, you think of guys and that's, you know, you kind of got to put his career in perspective. Then it's like, did he have a Jay Bromley type of career? You know, a guy that, you know, this isn't fair to. But when you think about guys that get drafted, you know, like Eric Dungeon drafted, uh, Custis doesn't get drafted. You know, all these guys go and drafted. Then all of a sudden you see a guy like Alton Robinson and you're kind of like, oh, wow, you know, here's an NFL guy. You know, so I think it kind of feels refreshing that, you know, another guy like a Justin Pugh or a Chandler Jones kind of comes through. And I think what I'm trying to say ultimately that this will be big moving forward for even in a down year that we have a guy get drafted so high. Um, so I think that he absolutely gets drafted. I think it's a home run. The safe round, I think, would be round four. But the round that I think I talked myself into is late round three, you know, top 100 pick type of uh, talent. 
how how is all yeah. this going to go down with um is this all going to be like a virtual draft we're going to have to uh I think as the same way we're talking right now that's how the NFL draft is going to be which is crazy yep people are probably so jonesing for something sports though I bet you it gets huge oh numbers. yeah definitely will I mean I, I, I'm one then, I'm one of those guys I'll put the draft on like the first couple rounds you know and it, it'll just be on and you know if I see something oh, interesting dude, I'll stop no. and watch it but I, I can't sit there and watch it there's too much filler I, I, dude, it garners I my attention for three days yeah I, I know it does I unplug my my I unplug my cell phone I unplug my landline I unplug the you know the the modem it's like it's me in the draft that's yeah, those are this, the only two and, things that exist and, and this is why I think it's going to be huge. We're Jones and for sports so bad. It's coming up next week. Yeah, so it's like the next big thing to hit. At least it and, makes it seem like it's everything again. It's not going to be the same type of draft, not live and everything. But at least it makes people feel like okay, we're moving forward. There's going to be an NFL season. Right. They're drafting. They're picking a team. Right. And going to Tyler's point too. Again, that's huge because remember when, when we talked about recruiting and he kind of liked it to the college football recruiting, right? And what's one of those what's one of those um, variables in there, right? Pro potential. And so when you have these high school recruits that sit there and they look and they're like, oh, the only players that have been drafted from Syracuse in the last however many years are punters. Now, that's awesome. Like, that, that, there's a stigma there. So to be it's able to get... It's not that great, man. No, it's, <laughs> it's not, not, that, that, not great. that easy to sell. Right. It's really not. Now, it might explain why we keep getting good punters, but it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> but, but right, so again, this is definitely going to help, and we don't know how it'll help until you know recruiting goes up and stuff like that. But uh, he's definitely the surefire guy. And um, just to kind of not leave other people out, because I have read some things, and I don't know what you've read as well, Tyler. But I don't know about getting drafted because again, I think these are two players that I, I don't know if you read the the article on Inside the Loud House about uh, Evan Foster and everything that happened to him and how since week three this past season, he had uh, uh, some type of tear in his adductor muscle. He had some groin issues, and he played throughout the whole season with that issue, and he thinks that that really kind of hurt him. And I guess there's been some scouts that have been kind of saying some good things. And also, uh, Christopher Frederick is a pretty decently sized cornerback. Yeah. So, again, I don't. I think these are guys, again, pro days would have – help these guys out tremendously but uh i don't see them getting drafted but it's one of those things where i can definitely see them getting undrafted free agency and have a chance to make a roster yeah so uh, evan foster was really the type of guy that i was thinking about as far as like lakeem williams is like you know that would definitely be like if lakeem wanted to play in the nfl like you'd have to be evan foster um you know i don't know i think that evans just had such a weird career man yeah. like he definitely had the trust of the coach. He lost the fan support, that's for sure. Which I hate yeah. whenever that happens, just because it's like, come on, man, like the kids are trying. But Chris Frederick, he was the guy that I was like really wanted to see actually be that guy this year that was really going to like be a key contributor and step up and become a draft pick because I think that he did raise his play so much between his sophomore and junior season. And then this year, go, I, like, I just didn't see, like, I thought he was going to put in one more of those leaps. Yeah. They didn't really and, you know, throw kind of that much like to that. his side though, too. You go back. And yeah. Forth, I, I mean. think, 
Well, the other side's just been kind of, you know, it's been iffy when he's healthy and then, you know, he's not healthy. And then we, you know, we're putting another guy in there. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's just a sliding doors effect. When corner two goes down, then all of a sudden we're playing corner three. And then corner one doesn't play as well when corner two isn't. You know, it's just, yep. I hate it so much. And then Cisco's out all year. So then nobody has help over the top. It's, ew, God, man, what a brutal yeah. year. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah. Yeah, I think you give. Because like I, I like him a lot. I thought he played good football at one point in his career, and I think that's coachable again in the next level. You know, if you're playing a team, or if you're playing on a team that has great uh, D line and safety support, I think that he could fit in. But then again, that's what everybody wants—good D line and safety play. So yeah, yeah. I just, I just think they have the side. I mean, Evan, Evan Foster, he came up and he played really well in run support. You know, what got me was his angles when it came to you know guys <laughs> hitting the slants and getting stuff across the middle. A lot of times, and then you hear this story, and you're like, "Well, he was a little injured. Maybe I, f- I, I feel a little bad calling him out, right? Because maybe that had something to do with it, right?" But um, between that and like Christopher Frederick, to me, I, I thought that he was great, man to man, get him to go up there, press stuff like that. I thought that um, zone, he kind of left a little more to be desired. But again, that's the that's the the good thing about going to the pros is you have you have teams that know exactly what they want, exactly what they are looking for, and they are picking players specifically for just a play here, a drive there, a situation there, right? So again, I think uh, unfortunately I don't think they're going to get drafted, but I think those are two guys that I, I think I have a really good shot at, at making um, a roster or possibly even a practice squad with a team after the draft. Sure, special teams is the way that those guys make rosters. Yep. special team so just like that's the biggest thing yeah man or like um guy like again i have all these cowboys comparisons but luke gifford last year came out of the mountain west and i think he was a unlv guy and made the team because he was you know just a, a badass special teamer so it's it's possible you know and he's still on the roster yeah it's pretty funny when that happens you got to go from like you know, you're a special teamer in college and you're making your way up and then you become the man and then all of a sudden it becomes full circle and you got to do it all over again. <laughs> all over. <laughs> yep. That's how it goes. All right. Any any final thoughts before we sign off, gentlemen? No, sir. No? I I do not want... I, man, I love the draft so much. Like, I cannot wait until Syracuse is putting guys in the league consistently. Like... I feel so deprived of that. Like my favorite thing growing up was watching all the guys from LA that went to like LA high schools and then LA colleges make it into the NFL. Like yep. that's such a cool feeling. And then now it's like the school I went to and played for like doesn't even put guys in the league. So, so you ain't going to watch that, till like, Saturday. Well, we got, you know, <laughs> we got some guys coming in. We got some guys coming we in. Do, I, think, I, th- I think, I think we'll be fine. And like the next year, you know, depending on how this this goes, but um, yeah. I think yeah, I think we'll be fine moving forward. It's just like you know, it's a waiting game, you know. But you know, it's funny because like once our guys do get into the NFL, they play well. You know, all things like Pew Chandler. You know, granted these guys like weren't coached by the same staff, but you know, it's really more about like the school and what the school brings and the what the program is. Like that's what molds you as like a man. You know, and that's what gives you your character. The coach just kind of puts the finishing touches on you know who you're going to be down the road so and i'm excited you know i think we got good guys too like genuinely good dudes so you know you'd you'd like to see them get paid well we'll see we'll see what happens uh this week with the nfl draft uh i want to thank everybody for listening and coming on i want to thank uh simply safe and linkedin for joe and tyler i'm sean we're out 
Thanks for listening to the Q's Militia Podcast, the fan's voice with Sean and Joe.